Sons Day, presented by YRefi.com. Burns and Gambo, Afternoons, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, it's us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. We're live from the Auction Community Studios. And even though the calendar hasn't even flipped to November yet, even though it's not even Halloween, it does seem early for big games. When the defending champ Golden State Warriors comes to town, when it's two teams that we all just sort of expected were going to meet in the Western Conference Finals a year ago, it's big. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't mean anything in the context of the season or how it's going to go for the Warriors or the Suns. the The winner tonight isn't the favorite to win the West, but in the context of tonight, hey, what are you going to do for a couple of hours tonight? I want to watch a really good basketball game. Well, guess what? There's a really good one on tap tonight between the Suns and the Golden State Warriors. Those are two fairly evenly matched, very talented basketball teams that I think will get after it tonight. Listen, the Suns are one of the elite teams in the NBA, so you don't got to give me a reason to go watch the Phoenix Suns. But for a lot of people out there, it may be two years ago you are in the NBA Finals. Last year, you were one win away from the Western Conference Finals, and the regular season may seem a little bit like a drag. You know, it may seem a little bit like a... Listen, much different than when they were bad. See, they're not even mediocre, so they're really good now, and they were really bad. And when they were really bad, you were rooting for losses because you wanted the draft pick. You wanted the lottery balls. I mean... You know, now it's just like a lot of people just can't wait for the season to start. But there are always games that you want to look at, you want to gauge, you want to see your team, where your team is at. And and you got to enjoy this time. Absolutely. You know, and I always say this, you know, like it's, I I get it, right? You know, for two years, you kind of thought the Suns could win a championship and they haven't got there. But you got to enjoy the ride. I mean, when we look back on the Steve Nash, Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion Suns, they didn't win a championship. But man, that was fun. That was good basketball. It was fun. It was great to be at the arena. It was great to watch that team on TV. The Barkley era that you know you were around for, you know that was a great era in Suns basketball. They didn't win, but it, so even right now I look at this the Devin Booker era like it's you got this is a fun time to watch them go out and play to watch them win the game against the Clippers from start to finish and and be in the lead and never let them back in the game. They're playing the Warriors tonight. Does it get much better than that? Yeah, look, I, look, I'm guilty as much as the next Suns fan of just kind of tapping my toe and going, okay, playoffs, playoffs. That's all that matters. Playoffs, championship—that's all that matters. But you're right. You, you do. You, you, if you think like that, all you're doing is setting yourself up for a really long season in which you, you know, you, that got to stop and smell no, the roses. You, you, nothing means anything, right? Yeah. When you're just waiting for April to come around, you do. You have to stop and enjoy uh-huh. the small little that that game against the Clippers. That was a lot of fun. Very, you know, fun to watch the Suns put the screws to the Clippers the way they did tonight. Will be fun too because these are two very good teams. Now they're both two and one. They're both considered among the best in the NBA. They're both off to decent starts. The Warriors have beaten the Lakers and the Kings. Who hasn't beaten the Lakers? Well, everybody has. They haven't won a game yet so far. Neither of the Kings. (laughs) They lost to the Nuggets, um, whereas the Suns of course have wins against the Mavs and the Clippers, and they lost to the Portland Trailblazers. The big thing about the Warriors is their bench right now. Their starting five statistically is the best in the NBA. I know we're a week in, but they have statistically, they've got the best net rating of any starting five in the NBA. They've been great. It's when Steve Kerr has had to go to his bench where the Warriors have really struggled. In fact, this soundbite from Sunday when the Warriors played the Kings, he called a late timeout because he was just not happy with his bench at all. The main thing was just the lack of energy. You know, um, you, you, you got... Uh 
you know, a, a group of reserves out there, those guys should be dying to get, be on the floor and flying around and playing with, with huge energy. And that was what I was upset about. There was It was a careless uh, transition defense possession. Um, there was no juice, no, um, no life to that group. And, um, you know, we're going to have to find... Um, find what we're looking for in terms of energy and leadership um, it's it's not you know entirely fair to them to you know put all those guys together but um, it's a tough league it's sink or swim and you gotta you gotta figure it out Jordan Poole Moses Moody Jonathan Kaminga James Weissman it's young it's a young group it is yeah it is and it, they're much like we've talked about the Suns kind of sacrificing moments early in the season to kind of figure out what they've got. That seems to be kind of the vibe coming out of Golden State a little bit. It's like, okay, even though you know we might have to sacrifice some moments here to figure out what we've got with this bench. That game against the Kings was a perfect example. They had a 24-point lead like late in the third quarter. Steph Curry came out of the game. He unlaced his sneakers. Like, had to I'm go gone. back in with five minutes left. Had to go back in with five yeah. minutes left because they cut it, couldn't get it done. Big run. They cut it to six with 226 to play. It was a six-point game. They had to put their sneakers back on and they have to and they had to go out there. Look, Curry He's kind of reminding these youngsters, too. Like, you know, you've got, you know, Curry's kind of going after him. Talk about, you have to earn that playing time. You have to earn that right to be out there and play. When these guys go to the bench, you know, they expect those guys to be able to close the game out. Like Kerr said, you want the guys to play with enthusiasm and excitement and not just look at it like, oh, I'm in garbage time minutes. I'm only in because we're up by 20, you know? You got to look at that opportunity to find yourself more playing time on the court. Yeah, that's starting five. They're plus 43 net rating. That's Curry, Clay. Wiggins, Draymond Green, and Kevon Looney. That number is the best in the NBA. They've been when those five have been on the floor, they have been fantastic. Um, Damian Lee, of course, now coming off the Suns bench, used to be a part of that team. He was asked today if he's going to shut off relationships with the guys on the Warriors tonight for just one night. I think he's Steph Curry's brother-in-law, so that might take kind of. Time. I mean, it's, it's competition, so. Even when we were in practice, you know, still teammates, all that stuff, but it's still competition. I mean, you guys might see some jokes, might see some stuff like throughout the course of the game, but that still doesn't take away from the utmost of we're on opposing teams, it's competition. Uh, and you want to be the team that scores the most at the end. So, um, like I said, I mean, it'll be fun. Like, just seeing those guys join the vibe, but. I mean, at the end of the day, one seven seven o'clock comes on opposing teams. <laughs> Yeah, I think you gotta. You also gotta look at you know. Okay, the Warriors having problems with their bench. You gotta look at the Suns bench mm-hmm. because it's still a work in progress, right? That is still a work in progress. Trying to figure it out. There's some things that you like. I liked how well they played the other night against the Clippers. I thought that was a really good performance. I th- believe they scored like 39 points. The bench guys yes, did. That's correct. You had 10 rebounds from Landell. You had nine rebounds from Torrey Craig. I'm going by memory here. So they really crashed the boards. That's not a big team, but they did a good job. You know, so you. Still looking to see how Monty's using guys. Um, clearly, Landale has earned a lot of playing time with his, and that's what like where Kerr was talking about. You got a guy that comes in a game, play with enthusiasm, play with excitement, be happy to be in there. Landale's playing out of his mind. I mean, I'm very surprised at how good he is. We knew he was a different player, but he has been he's been their best bench guy. Tory Craig with the rebounds. You got to continue to watch campaign. We've talked about Dario only playing two minutes so far, but the Suns like we're talking about the Warriors bench and how bad it is the 
Suns bench is a work in progress. It's something that that's not solidified yet. The rotation, the minutes, and how Monty wants to use those guys. Yeah, and and of course they all, and probably none more so to keep an eye on than campaign. I, I mean, I I still think his role this season, his it's so important, and and what the Suns have to do, and especially with Chris Paul, and we're going to talk more about Chris a little bit later because obviously that's topic number one about the Suns right now when it comes to Chris and how he's playing and what it means and things like that. That's certainly what the fan base is talking about a lot. If Chris Paul continues to give you the kind of minutes he's been giving you so far to start the season, man, the backup point guard role becomes even more important, becomes even more crucial. And the spotlight burns a little brighter when it's shining on campaign, if that's the case, because you really got to know, is he the guy? You know, are, are you good enough to be the backup point guard on this team if the point guard's going to struggle the way he has so far? And, and campaign, you know, th- how he fills that role becomes one. Of, it already was one of the most important questions facing the team. It becomes doubly important if Chris Paul is struggling. They've got to get production out of that guy. Landry just played in his first game against the Clippers, right? Didn't play the first two games. You got to see him against the Clippers. Yep. So, you know, we didn't, you know, we didn't love what we saw out of Landry last year. He was okay. Like, he was okay. okay. They gave him, a con- gave him a nice contract. You know, he needs to shoot the ball well. He needs to be that shooter. He needs to get out there and knock down open shots. And look, there are times that the way Monty substituted these bench guys, it's not like they're rolling all five guys out there and they're playing with, you know, Monty's making sure that those guys play with some of the starters throughout the game. Week eight of Bix Bix. It's underway. Text the word PICK to 620-620. Sign up and compete against Dan Bickley. It's your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will get an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Text the word PICK to 620-620 to enter. It's been a long time, a long time since the Cardinals have won a game in Minnesota. What would a win there mean? We'll talk about next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons 2 till 6 on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Here on Burns and Gambo, we like to joke that, um, you know, if something happened five years ago, oh, you were a young man when that happened. (laughs) Ten years ago. Oh, you were a young man when that happened, right? You really really weren't, though. Uh, No. (laughs) I mean, it's just like we're in our 50s. We weren't actually young men. I'm not getting any younger. No, you're not. No. <laughs> that one That one always makes me you giggle. Like that one? I don't know why. It just makes me giggle. That one always makes me laugh. Yeah. Uh, but if you want to go back to the last time the Arizona Cardinals won a game against the Vikings in Minnesota. Okay. Oh, yeah. We were young men back then. In fact, I was in the f- first grade. You were, you were probably in the fifth grade, sixth grade. 1977. I, I only, se- I think, I only know I was in the first grade because I was in the first grade when Star Wars came out. I know that, right? So I, I, I measure, I measure. Back then, I measured my life by Star Wars movies. True story. I think I was in seventh grade. Seventh, sixth, must have been sixth grade. Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. Yeah, I was eleven. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So seventh grade is eleven. You started a. The 8th grade, 12. I think 6th grade is 11. 
It was my understanding that there would be no math. Was... Good job, Mitch. Good was... job. You know what? You were young. I was young. We were I young. I remember in 76, my favorite shirt was a Fonz for President t-shirt. <laughs> I... A Fonz for President t-shirt in 76. I had it. Uh, I'd do anything to get one right now. I loved that shirt. Sure that was my, my favorite. My favorite shirt was either a Mork and Mindy shirt or a, a Star Wars I mean, shirt. At that point, I think I wore everything. We had Star Jimmy Wars. Carter at that time. I mean, we might as well have had it the Fonz. Uh, uh, it was um, it was a long time ago. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have not won in Minnesota. Jim Hart was the quarterback. Jim Hart was, it the, was quarterback. the end of Fran Tarkington's career with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. It was forever ago. It was. What was the top movie? Uh, Star Wars. It was Star the Wars Star Wars, Wars movie. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was. It was. I mean, it, that's again. I measure time by the release of Star Wars movies when I was a kid. It's been a long time. And and look, I mean, the, the Cardinals just beat them here a year ago. On that last second, you know, Joseph missed field goal in week two of the season. But so it hasn't been that long since the Cardinals have beaten them, but it's been forever since the Cardinals have gone up there and, and won not, a game. And it's not like, you know, like they haven't played them. You know, it's like, oh, they never, they barely have a They've played them plenty of times since then. They've, uh, uh, in, one, in one Minnesota paper said, ghastly history. So here's the, they played them in 91, Vikings won by, uh, I don't want to go over the scores. They played them in 96, Vikings won. They played them in 90. They played him in 2000, 2006, 2010, 2011, 2012, 2016, 2018. They've played him plenty of times in Minnesota. They don't win. One of those years was the playoff game, 98. Vikings beat the Cardinals 41-21. That was when Jake Plummer led the Cardinals to a win over the Cowboys here. They beat the Cowboys at Sun Devil Stadium, and then they went to Minnesota and they lost to the Vikings. No, the Cowboys game was in Dallas. Was that in Dallas? It was in Dallas. Okay. I was there. The game was in Dallas. Was, didn't they, did they make, okay, they clinched they the playoffs clinched the playoff at Sun Devil Stadium. Here. It was like a Chris Jackie field Beat goal or something Saints, like that? Beat the Saints, memory serves. They beat right, the okay. Saints on a last second then, field goal by Jackie, and then they, right, that was and the they game went to Dallas, and they... Won and, in Dallas, yeah. and then played the Vikings, and then lost to the Vikings. But they played him again, 91, 96, 98, 2000, 2006, 2010, 11, 12, 16, plenty of times. They can't beat him. They haven't won. They haven't won there in a long, long time. So, it's uh, it's something that I don't think that the, ple- the current players don't care about that, right? They, no, of course You not. haven't won there since... Oh, like, I, I, I've only played them like, you know, for, for a lot of these current players, they haven't played them at all. Well, they've only played there once or twice, so they don't think about that. But it is incredible when you have a streak that's that that long against one team like this one is. I do like how the story points out this line here that you didn't that you didn't um, highlight, but I, I'm looking at the story now. "Quote: It should also be noted that during this time frame, 1991 to 2018, the Cardinals were the NFL's third worst team per win percentage behind the Lions and the Browns. Mm. So the Vikings' home success over Arizona was." Large Largely a product of Minnesota, quote, taking care of business, close quote. Every day. <laughs> so, Every way. In other words, it's like, I mean, you know, and, and to be fair, this time span that we're talking about here, 91 to 2018, the Cardinals were not good for a big, big, big chunk of that, obviously. So that has something to do with it, too. But but you're right. Nobody, nobody now cares. Nobody now, you know, Cliff won't care. Steve won't care. Kyler won't. None of them won't. They just had one streak. They finally won a game at home. And now you got this other streak. You got to try. You haven't beaten the Vikings since the 70s. But here's where I think in Minnesota, it matters a little bit. All right. And and the streak itself doesn't matter because it dates back so far. It's just odd that it would go that long. I think it matters in that it is reflective that that's a tough place to win. All right, that's a that's a tough place, and not just for the Cardinals, and not just because they haven't won there since the seventies. That's a as. 
daunting an environment to win a football game in that you can muster. I mean, I remember that playoff game. I, I mean, I know there were accusations that Minnesota pumped crowd noise in to make it even louder. That might be the loudest building I've ever been in my life. That playoff atmosphere when, when the when the Cardinals played the Vikings back in '98 in in that Jake Plummer led playoff team. That might be one of the loudest buildings in any sport I've ever been in in my life. They are crazy about that. Football I always team thought they had there. a better home field advantage when they didn't have the dome. Because it gets so freaking cold in Minnesota. That was a, lo- that was a long time ago. I know, but though. that's when the last time the Cardinals won there it was there was no do- it was just no dome. I mean, it was outside. It was Tarkenton and Foreman and Page and the Purple People Eaters and like you going back there. But you know, you're right. It is it is a good home field advantage for them. They have a rabid fan base and they got a lot of reason to be excited this year. They're five and one. Yep. They're five and one, and the Packers suck. Like they got to be looking at chops, thinking left, coming off a bye, and, and like like the football gods are with them. They've had one guy, one star to miss a game because of injury this year for a guy had a concussion. One, mm-hmm. one guy. Can you imagine and that's that? going to flip on him. That's going to flip. Hey, that, no, that's no. that's just that's extraordinarily good luck. But it's allowed them to get to five and oh, one. No doubt. So. No doubt. And, and we had this conversation earlier, and so I won't try to like organically recreate it here or anything. But let's just kind of state the obvious. Uh, anybody who's watched the NFL this year, and anybody who can look at the standings in the NFL, you look at the NFC, and there are some teams that you just ain't buying. You know, that you're just not sure whether that's real or not. The Giants, you're not sure whether that's real or not. The Minnesota Vikings. Who should the Seattle Seahawks? Are those real? The Jets? The jo- I mean, I was thinking just the NFC, but yeah, if you okay. want to hit zoom out and look at the whole NFL, the Jets five and two. I mean, is that is that real? Are they really that good? And, and we're traded for a running back. I know, I know. They think they're in it. Uh, well, but they they are obligated to be like much like the Cardinals were last year when they lost Max Williams and traded for Zach Ertz. Hey, you're seven and zero. Oh, you you got to. You don't have any choice. Patriots just lost to the Bears. That, yep. I mean, okay. That, yeah, you got to go for you it. Got to go now, for I, it. Look, what I said to you earlier is, look, I don't think any of four of those four teams that you mentioned, Jets, um, Giants, Seattle, and the Vikings, are in the inner championship game. Uh, maybe they, maybe they are, but I doubt it. I'm not looking at those teams saying, "Oh, that team's good enough to be in an NFC or an AFC championship." I don't see that. But listen, you start to build something. You know, you, you one game at a time. That that mantra, like you're five and one, you're Minnesota. Now you coming off the bye, you win. You're six and one. Packers keep losing. Like you're going to at one point. It's like you're going to win this. It was like we won last year with the Cardinals. Of course, when they got up to that, so like they're going to make the playoffs. There's six, seven games left. Right, but they're going to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They got up to such a good start. Minnesota's going to be there very quickly if they win the next couple of games. Oh, no, 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 whether they're real or not, it's going to be irrelevant. You're right. I mean, they're going to get to the point where they've just built up too much of a, of a, a running room yeah. to be able to be caught or to be able to not get a playoff spot, whether they're good or not, whether they're going to last or not. All I know is this. For a team that, and I'm not trying to blow smoke, I'm not trying to make the Cardinals sound better than they are because it's been a really rough season so far, but they're still relevant. They still matter, and at three and four, they're not out of a thing. You go to Minnesota and you beat that team, and you you end this long losing streak, and you take a team that's lost only once, and you hand them their second loss of the season. People will look at you differently. You'll look at yourself differently. If you're the Cardinals, that that belief, that moxie, that mojo that kind of comes with being good. You go to Minnesota and you beat a five and one team on the road. The Cardinals have been a good road team. You'll get some juice off of that, and never forget. 
the Cardinals were not that far away from handing the Philadelphia Eagles their first loss this season. Yeah, thanks to the field goal. Well, I wasn't going to bring that up because it's a bad Matt Amendola. But but it's not it's not as if the Minnesota Vikings are this juggernaut at the peak of their powers. They're five and one, and no one's really sure how legit that is. They're beatable. They're beatable. Now, maybe the Cardinals go up there and they lose by 17 points. I don't know. But I don't think they're that good. There's nobody in the NFC that's not beatable. Like, okay, we, we, the World Series. The Phillies were the sixth seed in the World Series. Mm-hmm. Man, anybody gets in the playoffs in the NFC would have a chance. That's why you go for it, right? That's why you make the trade. If you could just get in. The 49ers don't look that good. The Rams don't look that good. The Packers and the Bucks are terrible. The, the Eagles, like, they're good, but the Cardinals almost beat them at home. Dallas, they're, like, they're not that good. The Giants aren't that good. There's nobody that's that good. So in the NFC, it's like, yeah, if you're three and four, you might as well try and go for it to see if you can get in the playoffs. Who knows? Maybe you get to the Super Bowl. And by the way, while we're at it real quick, I just saw this on Twitter a moment ago. Congratulations to J.J. Watt and his wife. They just became parents. On October 23rd, two days ago. Oh, nice. JJ Watt just tweeted out a picture. Love and happiness have reached heights we never knew existed. Koa James Watt. K-O-A. Koa? Koa. James Watt. I'm assuming I'm saying that correctly. Koa James Watt. Born on October 23rd, 2022. Congratulations to JJ huh? and his lovely wife. That's his first time as being a parent? I believe that is wow. his first time being a parent. Oh, there that you is go. Congratulations. Congratulations. It's, awesome. it's, it's a wild ride, JJ. Oh, it's, it's a wild ride. It's a wild it's ride. ride. When, save your money. When we, They're expensive. I, I don't think JJ's worried about that. I'd still save your I, money. I think, I think JJ's fine in that department. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Monty Williams moments ago addressed the Chris Paul situation. What does he want Chris Paul to do about it? You'll hear next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Sun's Day presented by YRefi.com. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Bonus Burns and Gambo tonight. We're on till 6.30 tonight. Walking in right up until pregame coverage. We'll have a conversation with John Bloom, Suns broadcaster. Boy, that John Bloom, he always nice enough to join us when we have the bonus Burns and Gambo to talk Suns basketball. Yeah. He's a tradition like no other. Well, it's not quite the Masters, oh. but it's right like a notch below the Masters when you hey, talk about Coyotes traditions. up 3-0. Oh, hey, look at that. The Coyotes up 3 nothing. This is not, what, this is not what we want, right? On the this, road. This is not what you want. No, you got to win some games. <laughs> I mean, you do have to win some games because it. you're going to. No, you want to tank. You got to tank. When they're, they're gonna winning, you're going to be glad they're winning. When you're losing, you're going to be glad you're no, losing. I like just, this reality you've crafted for they, yourself. They need to lose enough to get the best chances they can at the ping pong balls. I get that. But you also, you know, I mean, look, you're not trying to go 0 82. You got to win some games. Losing beats you down. I know. It wears you down. I know. I'm just trying to give you credit. They're up 3 nothing. Um. Kellen Olson, Twitter, 10 minutes ago. I asked Monty Williams how he has evaluated Chris Paul's play so far on the backside of the defense in the 0.5 situations. And he said, Paul is turning down too many shots. Everyone is encouraging Paul to take those looks. And Monty cited how great of a shooter Paul is on his own. Quote, we just think Chris is turning down too many shots. Close quote. Yes. That started in the, in the map series. Yes. We're going to trap Book. He's going to pass it to Paul. 
Paul's wide open. They're not going to guard him there. Like, Paul doesn't really want to take. He wants to get to the elbow. But they're not going to let you get to the elbow. They're going to say, look, either take this shot or pass it. And he'd rather pass it. So, like, when teams are guarding him and he can get a pick, he can get to the elbow. But I thought Dallas really, and not that everybody else is going to do this, but you put pressure on Chris Paul. And you, I think a lot of teams may have seen that and said, okay, that's, that, that works. Maybe I'll use some of that when I play the Suns. One for 11 from three-point range. Not shooting the basketball well. Not Maybe he's just not confident in his, in his shot right now. The assists are there. He's yeah. not turning the ball over a whole nope. lot. Like, you know, the brain still works the way it always has. He's still a smart basketball player, high basketball IQ. The shot's not falling. No, and it's, it's, it's funny. There's like two issues with Chris Paul when it comes to the shots. The, a, he's not making them, and B, he's not taking them. And I'm sure they're intertwined, obviously, to your point. If you know you're not going to make very many of them, I'm sure it's going to mess with your head a little bit. And you're not going to take them. But for a guy in Chris Paul, who's, you know, one of the best basketball players to ever play the game, if you're Monty, it's, it's, it's odd to see Monty publicly encouraging Chris Paul to shoot the basketball a little bit more, right? Like, you wouldn't think one of the best point guards in the history of the NBA would need that encouragement. Because to me, the issue has been just as much Chris turning down the shots as it has been Chris not making the shots, you know? Like I, I think you're right. I, I, know, I think it's more about turning them down than making them. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, I, I get it. We but focus he, on the percentages. We look at the one for 11 from three. We look at the 20, whatever it is, percent he's shooting from the floor. And that's awful. I, I Those numbers are important. Gambo, I focus just as much on the shots that he passes up, the ones that he decides not to take because he just right. looks like he's not comfortable Don't they go hand-in-hand? Hand? Oh, totally. Hand hand? If, I'm oh, not make, yeah. if I'm not making the shots... As the Coyotes, Coyotes just scored another goal to force Columbus to go to their bench. Jeez. They're pulling their goalie. Jeez. I think they're pulling the other. They're pulling the goalie. Um, yeah, if you're if you're not making the shots, you're not going to be confident. You're not going to take as many. You know, if I'm missing shot after shot, hey, let me let somebody else take the shot because I'm not confident in my shot. Why do you want me to take more shots? They're not going down. Because you're Chris Paul. Because the greatest shooters in the NBA do that. They just keep shooting. Right, they keep shooting because they bank on the fact that they're one of the best ever to play the game, and eventually they'll get out of it. All right, like I, I get like a third year player feeling that way. Like, okay, my shot just sucks right now. I'm going to pass it up. I'm not going to take it right now. This is Chris Paul we're talking about. We're talking about one of the 75 greatest players in the history of the league. You know, usually a guy like LeBron James, if he's in a slump. He's not passing out of it. He's shooting. He's going to shoot his way out of it. That's what the shooters shoot. That's what they do. It's surprising to see Chris Paul be so passive about it. I get what, yeah, they go hand in hand. I just thought a guy like that with the confidence and knowing that he's one of the best basketball players to ever lace him up would try to shoot his way out of it, not pass his way out of it. So Monty's saying he's passing up shots. Yeah. Yeah, just said it He's moments passing ago. passing up shots. I'd play the audio for you. It's mm. way overmodulated. You can't. But, quote, we just think Chris is turning down too many shots. Close quote. So let's see if that gets him going tonight. Yeah. Maybe that gets Chris to little, light a little fire, see if he can shoot the ball a little bit more, get that shot going. Now, I maintain, and you might disagree with this, and this is just my opinion, rip it if you want. I maintain that for now, Chris Paul, at this point in the season, not being as much of an offensive part of the Suns is not necessarily a bad thing right now because I think at the end of the season, I worry about Chris Paul not being able to be a part of the Suns' offense the way we're used to him being, and I want them to develop other options when that happens. 
You know, I want other plans. Like last year, when Chris Paul was eliminated, Suns didn't have a plan. Suns didn't know what to do. Chris Paul was taken out of the equation. Devin Booker was doubled. And that was it. Suns had no answer for that at all. I don't mind using these first few weeks of the to season answers. to come up with other plans in case that happens again. Because last year, the Suns were caught with their pants down on that one. They just were. And I, I don't mind... Chris trying to get other guys involved so they've got better options if and when that happens again. Because I'll be honest with you, I think it might happen again. Well, given his age, okay. But if that's the case, I got to I got to start looking for plans. I got to start thinking about the future too. Well, sure. And I got him on a contract next year that's only partially guaranteed. Only half of it's guaranteed. I know it's a lot of money, but if, this, if I mean if it happens again, and and this yeah. year is a big step back for Chris Paul. You got to really debate whether you want him as your starting point guard next year. Absolutely, you do. And and don't get me wrong. I know I understand what I'm saying here because I don't know if this team is capable of winning a championship if Chris Paul is not elite. You know, not with the roster built the way it is right and, now. And, and and what I'm suggesting is you're kind of preparing for yourself to for Chris Paul to not be elite. And I don't know if the Suns can win a championship if he's not. Well, that leaves you with one elite player. But I'm also very afraid that we're just going to get to the end of this journey again this season, and it's going to be another Chris Paul runs out of gas in the playoffs, and I just want them better prepared for it. Even though I don't know if that team can win a championship. In fact, I'm pretty sure that team can't win a championship. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally agree. Like I, mean, I want you, them to get ready your for it. Your best players but... have to play well for you to win. I say that all the time. Your best players have to play well. Yeah. If one of your best, if one of your two best players is not, unless like two or three other guys take a ginormous steps up, and, and that's kind of what I'm thinking. I haven't seen that yet. But not, yeah, like but, it, but it's been, been good. It's but, been three games. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a small sample size. It, sure. So, so I just I want to see more of like a month, a month and a half to see if other guys on this team can make that kind of leap. That doesn't require Chris Paul to be special for them to win a championship. That, to me, is what I'm talking about here. Who's going to make that jump so Chris Paul doesn't have to be your second best player in order for you to win a championship? Is there anybody on this roster who can? That's, I think, what they in part need to find out. Aiden, over these but, doesn't, but, it, but do, you, do you want it to be Aiden or do you want it to be somebody that has the, that can control the game with the ball in his hands? Um, it'd probably be better if it was somebody who can control the game. But DeAndre Ayton, there's so much more there, and everybody knows it. There's right. so much more there. I mean, it's we haven't even scratched the surface of what DA can do in a basketball. Got to have great guard play. You got to have guard, good guards have the ball in their hands, man. Yeah, and, and honestly, Chris Paul has a, if Chris Paul declines a whole lot. You're going to have to go out and get somebody else that can handle the ball. Maybe, uh, unless even Devin Booker takes another leap to MVP-type level. You know, and I know he finished fourth last year, but I mean, like, wins the MVP, or is that good? Is that good enough? to be, Can you win with, uh, with, no. with super-elite-level one Devin Booker? But Chris isn't the same? But Chris isn't the same. No, because you, you, what's going to happen is you double him, you trap him, you take the ball out of his hands, you make somebody else beat you. So, you know, you could do that in the NBA. You can. But then, again, the hope is that DA's better or Mikel's better. We'll see. We'll see. I'll be curious to see how this public encouragement by Monty. Hey, we want Chris to shoot the ball more. Chris just needs to shoot the ball more. How do, what, what, I, all eyes on Chris tonight, right? 
All eyes on CP3. So I'll tell you how he does with that. going to be one of our big topics tomorrow is the game Chris Paul had. Good, bad, or indifferent. Yep. We're going to talk about Chris Paul. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we got a little update on Jake Crowder, and we'll talk about the latest team that has been rumored as a destination. And speaking of rumors, Bill Simmons threw one out there about 10 minutes ago. We'll bring along that to you next on the Burns and Gambo show. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Burns and Gambo, what's on tonight? All right, we got two local teams in action tonight. We've got the Coyotes, who have already played two periods in Columbus against the Blue Jackets. And shockingly, the Coyotes are beating Columbus 4 nothing. 4 nothing. They forced the pull, Blue Jackets to, to pull their goaltender. Change, change goalies. Pull them out. Yeah. Fine. Get them out of here. Gosh. Get them out of here. So 4 nothing. Uh, you can watch the third period of that. And then, of course, it's uh, well, there Friday. Yeah, I'm excited about that. We, we are uh, doing our show live yep. Friday from the. We're rocking the, the mullet. mullet. You and I are going to be rocking the mullet. Yep. You ever grow a mullet? Did you ever have a mullet? Nah, I got like. Um, I got like. I, my hair doesn't grow like that. Mine neither. My hair doesn't grow long. <laughs> That's not correct English, but mine does not either. Yeah, my hair does my, not grow my long. My hair grows up. Yes. Not down. I mean, back when I had it. Yeah. Right. It, it went up. I Like, I was a mullet. No, a fro? Yeah, I, I could have done that. My hair would have just gone all poofy. So you and, went for, like, the feathered look? Kind of, yes. Feathered. My hair kind of has a little, you know, back when I had more of it, it kind of had, like, a curl to it. But a mullet? Yeah, my hair was never going to go that yeah. way. Never had. My, my head didn't grow long. Well, I always hated that. You tr- Did you try to grow long? Yeah, I mean, I tried. It just it was wavy and nappy, and it just wouldn't. It was my hair wouldn't grow long. I just had wavy, nappy, nappy hair. It was nappy. like, yeah, that's a word. Honestly, it it deserves a place in our that's vocabulary a little more. Nappy. I had nappy hair. That's fantastic. I haven't heard that word in a long time. Yeah, my hair was yeah, my hair didn't grow that way. That's the type of hair I had. Nappy hair. All right, so yeah, if I we'll tried be, to grow long. Now wouldn't grow long. We'll be. Oh no, not now. We're no those that ship. Is is sailed, my friend. <laughs> well, Dan Bickley tries. Well, Dan Bickley's got yeah, he's got he like tries. rice. Dan he Bickley's tries. got rock star hair. He he plays guitar in a band for some yeah, reason. So they kind of has to have longer. They've hair. made deals with somebody where you're a rock star. You just get to grow your hair long like uh, that. No, I don't know what it is. It's just like the, the, somewhere along the line they signed a contract where you're gonna be a rock star. Fine, you, here you get hair, long hair. Because he does up. Uh, Dan's got it. He's got flowing. Um, where were we? Oh, yeah, we're going to be at the Mullet Arena on Friday for the Coyotes home opener. Looking forward to that. Really looking forward to seeing the layout and how it looks and how it feels. And I have a feeling it's going to feel so small. I have a feeling we're going to walk in and go, yeah. wow, it's really small in here. This is really teeny. By the way, Dylan Gunther with a goal tonight. Cassian has a goal. Augustus Bears got two. Good for them. Yeah, 4 nothing. Good for them. Uh, and, of course, Suns tonight taking on the Warriors. 7 o'clock tip time. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, the Arizona Sports app, 98.7 FM. And uh, we've got bonus burns in Gambo. We're with you until 6.30, right up until pregame coverage of tonight's game. Um, Jay Crowder, an update from Chris Haynes on TNT tonight. Not much of one, just a little snippet here. But right now, what he told me is that he's playing every day. He's in, his, in the best shape possible of his career, and he's just ready to get back out there on the court. So right now, it's just really up to the Phoenix Suns to try to find the best deal that they feel that's going to fit. 
He also said that both sides at this point thought something was going to be done by now. It's ridiculous. I, 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 a lot of blame on Jay Crowder for, you know, for thinking that he deserves a new contract. I mean, you're not a star player. You're a role player. And now I'm going to sit out. And I'm not going to play games because I, because you're not giving me a new deal. Like, come on. You've got a great team here. It's it, a lot of people want that opportunity to play for a team and have a chance to win. And I know you went to the NBA finals twice, but you didn't win. And you've got an opportunity here. Here to you know to 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 help this organization, he doesn't want to be here. But the fact that he has not been traded is it, it's just it's crazy to me that they haven't been able to find a decent deal. It's not like he's this high priced player with four years left on his deal. He's an expiring ten million dollar contract. Yeah, I know. Like, I, come on. I, I thought something was going to get done by now too. And, and I know that sometimes we talk about this, and and you've stressed, hey, you can be patient here if you're the Suns. You want to wait for the right deal. You want to make sure. You get the right deal. There's been some speculation that maybe the Suns are waiting to trade him for a player that can't be traded until the middle of December yes. or the middle of January. I think that's possible. And, and that maybe the Suns, knowing that they have one of those deals in their pocket, you know, if something better comes along before then, they could move him. If that's, not, they'll wait. That still seems like, like if you're Jay, that seems like, and he, look, you made the bed, you lie in it, right? You're the one who didn't want to be here. Okay, you can't, like, dictate the terms of this, but if you're Jay, you're not helping your value at all by not playing until mid-December or mid-January. I'm sure that's not how you drew it up either, but it'd be great if they could get this thing concluded, but I also don't want the Suns to get screwed on this. Make the best deal they possibly can, and maybe that means they have to wait until a player who's just not eligible to be traded until later in the season. Yeah, but we're not that far away from that. I mean, we're in November next week, so we're, we're six weeks away? Yep. Six to seven weeks away from yeah. having the, a lot of those players then become available to be traded. You'll be twenty five games into the season, thirty games into the season. You'll be right. about a third right. of the way done with the season. I mean, you agree. Right? The key is to get the right player. Oh, of I course. mean, you got to get the right player, the right fit. If you got to wait, you got to wait. I'm not going to rush into something, you know, just cause. But you have to. You can't like take this through the season. This has to. No, there has to be an end game yes. here. There has to be an end game where you try to get the best deal you can, but by a certain date, like, I got to get a player that can help because right now you've got nobody. Okay, something is better than nothing. It's, it's I understand holding out for the best player you can you can get. Um, like if you could get, we talked about the Buck. If you get Grayson Allen, great. Grayson Allen's a great shooter. I can't believe the Bucks would trade him. But like if you could get Grayson Allen, I'd be all for that. I'm not buying it for a second. I know neither are you. And no. frankly, neither is the article that I read today on the Athletic about it. The, the, the Bucks have been mentioned recently as a potential landing spot for Jay Crowder. So some writer in Milwaukee was trying to put the pieces together. It's like none of it makes sense. Any of the guys the Bucks have that are salary eligible to be traded for Jay, the Bucks aren't going to want to trade any of them. They, they wouldn't want, and the Suns wouldn't want some of the other ones anyway. The one guy maybe that fits the criteria is Grayson Allen, but he's a starter and he shoots really well. He shot forty percent from three point range. Milwaukee's going to want to give him up for Jay Crowder. Doesn't make any nah, sense. Hill's cooked. You don't want Hill. He's cooked. I mean, he's okay, but he's not. He's not that good. Uh, I don't know why George they, Hill. By George the way, George Hill. Yeah, yeah Hill. I don't know why you would move your best shooter in Grayson Allen. I mean, you you got him with Giannis. And they got guys that are interchangeable. Guys that can play the four and the five and Giannis and and, and Portis. So it doesn't... And and they've got toughness, right? I mean, they are a tough team. They kind of built on that with Matthews and Drew Holiday. They got some tough guys. So I... uh, Maybe, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, I mean, Crowder would make 
the Bucks better defensively, but that's not their problem. That's not been. Uh, the, well, I say problem. They won the championship a year and a half ago, so they, you know. But that's not what they they, they need. More of a Grayson Allen has. He's just hey, look. If they want to give up Grayson Allen for Jay Crowder, knock yourself out. Suns could use a shooter like as as much of a pain in the butt as Grayson Allen can be. And as much of a little punk he can be, you know, if that guy's on my team, okay, let's go. You know, let's roll and see what we can do. I just can't imagine that that's what's actually on the table, that Milwaukee would actually do No, that. Just, I people just look can't at the, imagine. People here in Milwaukee, they initially just look at the contracts. What contracts work? Oh, Grayson Allen works. But they, like, they're going to move their best shooter? Their best shooter. He shot 40-something percent from three-point range. It, and he's a starter, and he plays a lot of minutes. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. And then one other theory to pass along, when we talked about this earlier— our buddy Greg Esposito from PHNX Sports pointed out, and I, I hadn't really thought about it like this, but Dario Saric has only played two minutes so far this season, two minutes more than Jay Crowder. Are they holding him back because he might be part of a potential deal? I, You know me. I think that he's not playing because he can't. he's not ready. He played I, a bunch over the and, summer in the Euro not, League. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, it but, wasn't, he, but he got minutes, right? He did. He did. It, it wasn't good. Um, and, it, you know, right now, I mean, with the way Landell's playing, it's just – and you could play him at the four. You mentioned that earlier. You could probably find him some minutes at the four, you know. Or small ball five. Small ball five. If you want to go five out and have a bunch of shooters out there, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, two minutes and three games for Dario. And we'll see tonight if he plays or not. So, uh, I mean, maybe. I mean, maybe. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't you want to play because I don't want him to get hurt again. I want to trade him. I mean, maybe. You put his salary with Jay – you add in a couple of draft picks, and now you're talking about bringing a $20 million playback. Yes. Now you're talking about a significant addition. Now, again, maybe that's just what we all want to happen, and, and maybe it's not that bold, but it is interesting that Dario hasn't played. Last one for you, um, and this is from Bill Simmons' podcast today. He was interviewing Charles Barkley, and he was asking Charles Barkley if he'd be willing to be a minority owner for the Suns when the new owner comes around. Listen to this. Somebody being able to put in a little bit amount of money and run the team. Those days are over. But that, oh, that, was, a, yes. that was a moment. The one guy who might pull it off, and I heard, I'm probably breaking some news here, but I heard Obama's involved in one of the groups, and that's the one guy that I feel like they would make him the actual face, and the money guys would be so happy to have him at the front that they would just be like, cool, yeah, you... you, well, you can, well, well, time out. Yeah. If, Ob- if Obama called me, hell yeah, I'm buying him. <laughs> <laughs> so Bill Simmons. I thought the president's only made like two hundred fifty thousand a year. Uh, well, he sold a few books. I'm sure he's. Uh, I'm sure he's. That's a lot of books. Well, he. But Obama wouldn't be the majority. He'd just be a. He'd be a minority owner who'd be more of a face yeah. of the ownership for the group. Uh, yeah, Bill Simmons, you are breaking a little bit of news when you mentioned President Obama maybe being in the group to buy the Suns wow. and count Charles Barkley in for his $20 million, too. That's the first I had heard of that. That's the first I had heard of that. I mean, yeah, I have, I have, <laughs> I have no, I, I have no oh, idea who's I, buying this team. Who knows? Who knows? But at this point, it's, it's safe to say, can, I, can everyone just concede the bet now? The one the four of us made in terms of the dollar amount because I'm going to yeah, win, win that. I'm going to win that goal. You had away. the highest number. I right? had the highest number. What were I'm, you at? Three point two billion. I was at two point five. I four? believe. Yeah, I, Mitch wow. is looking it up right now. We have a bet among the four of us. How much at, it's going to sell? And for. whichever one comes the closest, the other three has to buy that guy lunch. I know I'm the high guy. 
I, I, I you would. like the guy in the Price is Right where you just take you go the or you go the lowest or the highest to make sure you I win. I just bid a dollar more than the highest, the high, and, right. and I'm going to win. I'm going to be up there with. Uh, they should never have allowed. You should never be allowed to bid a do, bid a dollar more. I didn't bid a dollar more. What? No, but I'm saying like other people. Oh, you mean on the Price is Right in general? Yeah. Okay, what do we got here, Mitch? I got you a three point two. That's the highest of the four of us. Okay. The this next is closest guy. is Eric at three point one five. Myself oh. at two point eight. Gambo at two point six. I did bid. I was two point six. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just going over three? Y'all just concede it right now. We'll see. Especially, especially for Akabaz getting involved. Y'all just concede that right now. Oh, nice lunch on you guys. Hey, bonus Burns and Gambo is coming up. Let's You're go. not done. Absolutely. Sunday presented by YRefi.com. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. I love when John Bloom gets to call the broadcast. He does an outstanding job when he uh, when he fills in for Al McCoy and gets to do the play by play. And he is our uh, our one of our great sons' hosts that we love to have on the program and talk some hoops with. And he's going to join me now to finish out the program today. Bloom, what's going on, Gambo? Tonight's a great night because I'm not going to be on the call, so I can just sit over here and scream and yell with uh. the rest of the fans. Is we've got a matchup that I'm pretty fired up about. I know you are. The defending champs are in town and. Uh, this means a lot uh, for a lot of people. To me, it's about bragging rights with my friends and family growing up. You know, I mean, you got to get out to a good start and take the one nothing series lead tonight. Yeah, yeah. They, they, what was that? The Run TMC was that the was that, Ooh, the, was yeah. that their team? That'd be, if you're talking '90s night, which Chris it is tonight Mullen, here, yeah, Chris that, Mullen, that would have been them. Yeah, back in the day, and we, you know, we had the whole. Uh, it was the Chris and Tim Burger or the Tim and Chris Burger because they had a. I think it was with McDonald's, but it might have been Burger King. So just don't. Hold me to it either way. I'm sorry if you work for either of those organizations. They do fine work. But the bottom line is they had a Chris and Tim Burger, and their whole advertising campaign was Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway arguing whether it was the Chris and Tim Burger or the Tim and Chris Burger. And if you grew up in the Bay in the 90s, you remember that. Yeah, absolutely. Chris Mullen was my favorite player as a college player at St. John's when he yes. took him to the Final Four, and they lost to Patrick Ewing and Georgetown. It was three teams from the Big East. Villanova, Roly Massimino, John Thompson in Georgetown, Louis Carnesecca oh, yeah. with St. John's. Oh my God, it was a big great. That, that St. John's team was my favorite college team ever. And if they would have got by Georgetown, they would have killed Villanova. But Villanova ended up beating uh, Georgetown in the championship game with Roly Massimino. That was a great year for college hoops. Uh, big East basketball. I mean, we could talk it for days, Cam, but you know I have a lot of love for that. But uh, I will tell you that uh, you know, I, is Chris Mullen the best shooting southpaw in the history of the games? Is there ever been a better shooting lefty? Can you think of one? I mean, listen, I'd, uh, I'd have to think long and hard about it. I got but... a friend who used to always tell me there's never been a better one ever will be than Chris Mullen. So you, you'd be a big fan of that God, guy. He was such a great he was such a great college basketball player. Him and Walter Berry and Mark Jackson and Bill Wennington on the same team. Yeah. Bill Wennington, Mark Jackson, Walter the Truth Berry got drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, it was just a fantastic. It was a fun team. <laughs> It was a fantastic team, and it brings back great memories. Let's talk about this one tonight. Uh, we, me and Bernsey talked about it. Monty's saying, you know, Chris has passed it up too many shots. He's not shooting the ball very well. He's only one for 11 from three. He's really struggling even on his twos. He's not getting to the elbow very much. What are you seeing in his shot selection right now? It is a, it's a slow start, no doubt. I remember last year, you know, when the team was one and three, and we were wondering similar things about Chris Paul. And then, uh, you know, he kind of kicked it up 
a notch, didn't he? And uh, a lot of people sleep on the fact that uh, he was absolutely unbelievable during stretches, even in the postseason. Uh, it wasn't just last season in helping this team to 64 wins. So I still have faith he's got it in him, Gambo. I know some people think he's washed. I'm not one of them, uh, but I could be proved wrong. I think they are going to adjust how he's used, and I think he's open to that, which is an evolution for Chris Paul, believe it or not, because he's usually been pretty set in his ways as far as how many minutes he's getting and when he gets them and all that stuff. Uh, and and so I think that the fact that he is open to that is going to enable Monty and his staff to uh, properly get this team ready when they absolutely need to be. Um, and hopefully he can start knocking down those shots. I think he will. Uh, he's been a great shooter you know, since he started playing basketball probably, although I don't have the recall all the way back to his days in Carolina before he got to Wake Forest. But I remember him lighting it up as a Demon Deacon and since he got in the league. So I expect that that shot will start to fall. Uh, I heard you talking about how getting to this spot is a key part of that, and I agree. But I don't think that you know it's that he's a step slow, and that's why he's not getting to his spot yet. I think he's just getting himself into the flow. I hope that that's the case at least. Yeah, I, l- let's talk about Dario a little bit because he had two minutes in three games. Now, a lot of the reports I was getting from the people in, when he was playing in Europe, it was he did not look good. He looked slow. He was hard a hard time getting up and down the court. He just didn't look right. And it may take him some major time to really recover from that injury, and that could be why they're really not playing him a whole lot this year. Some people think maybe speculated and they're holding him out because he could be part of a future trade with Jay. What's your thoughts on him not getting any minutes? Yeah, I'm a little surprised uh, because, as you mentioned, it's not as if he didn't get any reps in over the offseason, and boy, did he work his butt off to get back. You know, I saw him working all last year. He and Frank Kaminsky, they were kind of workout buddies, both trying to get back from injuries, both really putting the time and effort in, and uh, and he continued to do that in the offseason, obviously earned minutes for his native country, Croatia, and played in Eurobasket. Uh, he didn't set the world on fire. I don't think he was awful. I did watch him play two games. I, didn't, I wouldn't put him in the awful category, but he definitely didn't look like uh, peak homie Dario, uh, and I expect that he's going to get an opportunity at some point. I, I would be fine if it's here. I would, I'd be excited because I happen to like Dario Saric, and I like what he does in this offense that Monty runs. Point five, he's like a typical big. You want a prototypical big in that point five offense because he's a connector. And uh, and so Jock Landell's come out, and Jock Landell's been impressive. He was impressive before the preseason. He was impressive in the preseason, and he was certainly impressive on this last road trip. So he's probably earned the right to continue being the first big off the bench, but it's nice to have a guy like Dario Saric if you need to, need to go to that guy. Yeah, there's no question. I continue to just watch the rotations in the bench and see how Monty uses everybody. Uh, I like what I've seen out of campaign so far. I'm not disappointed. You know, we talk about Cam a whole lot in his role. Um, I think he's done a pretty good job so far. I think Landry coming back is going to help if he's going to knock down some shots. Look, they still have to make a trade for Jay at some point, but so far, especially with Landale and Tory Craig hitting the boards the other day, so far, I think, especially with that last game, the bench was playing well. I agree, and I think when you have new guys, you have to get those kind of results early to help that bonding process, if that makes any sense. To help chemistry evolve, you've got to get that positivity early. The fact that they were able to beat a Clippers team in L.A., I don't think we should we should sell that short because of the fact that there were role players who were heavily involved in that win. We just touched on several of them, and obviously, if you look back to the opener, Damian Lee has his fingerprints all over the season opening win over the Dallas Mavericks. So those things matter when you are new to a team. And so 
So I think that's helpful for this group moving forward. And uh, tonight they're going to definitely get a challenge with the Golden State Warriors. All right, Bloomer, always appreciate you joining us before the game for a few minutes. We'll be watching tonight, Warriors and the Suns. Thanks for joining, my friend. Uh, thanks for having me, Gambo. Enjoy the action. All right, it is the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns tonight at the Footprint Center as the Suns look to go to 3-1 on the season. Coming off of that nice win against the Clippers. They opened up with a win against Dallas. Had a little bit of a struggle against Damian Lillard and Portland, but then they were able to come back against the Clippers and really control that game from the from start to finish. They controlled that game. Kawhi only played seven minutes in the first half. Let's see if they get a win tonight against the Golden State Warriors. That game's coming up next right here on Arizona Sports. Have a good night, everybody. We'll check in with you tomorrow. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Oh.